Okay. We all made it to 2023. Congratulations. Woo! Some of you are super excited about that because 2022 was terrible. Some of you kind of wish 2022 stayed around. It was pretty good for you. But we all have those times in our lives where we say, man, things are just not going great. It could be sickness. It could be death. It could be job-related. It could be rebellious kids. And I think that's the reason we like New Year's resolutions. Because it reminds us that we want things to be better. We want our lives to be better. We want our health to be better. We really want others to be better, if we're honest. And this is why when we come to a new year, the idea of making something better seems so good. We're aware that we all need improvement, whether that's losing weight, not watching as much TV, getting in shape, eating more vegetables. I would argue that drinking less coffee is not good for you. But New, Year, New Year's resolutions are a thing, I believe, because we see the brokenness in our own bodies, in our own minds, in our own souls. And we long for those things to be better. We long for it. We spent the last four weeks of Advent series season talking about peace and hope and love and joy. Each of these things we found to be present in this precious child who came in the form of a baby laid in a manger. We saw in him the embodiment of perfect peace, everlasting joy, unconditional love, and oh, sweet, fulfilling hope. Today, I want us to put aside resolutions for just a minute. I want us to put aside trying to do things to make our own selves better or to tell people, hey, maybe you should do this to make yourself better and step away from making it about our own effort and our own gumption to make things better and instead look and be reminded of how he makes things better and how we can do that in a way that people can hear what we're saying. Would you guys stand with me and hear the word of the Lord this morning coming from Romans 10. How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written in Isaiah, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. But they have not all believed the gospel. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed what he has heard from us? 
So faith comes from hearing, and hearing through the word of Christ. This is the word of God, and it will never fail you. You may be seated. I don't know about you, but I am horrible at games like categories and taboo and any other word association games. I enjoy sitting down for four plus hours, destroying the person in front of me with strategy. That tells you a little bit more about my personality. But I do, I, I just, I love those types of games, but I'm terrible at taboo. And to my demise, 12-ish years ago, when I'm sitting with my wife's, soon to, my soon-to-be-in-laws and their family, they said, hey, we're going to get out these board games and card games, and we're going to have a great time. I was like, yes, I can finally show my dominance, and that I'm worthy to be part of this family. <laughs> it's not exactly the right attitude. Live and learn. But to my horror, they pull out taboo. And for the next hour to two hours, my wife and her sisters just dominate everybody. They, they get words like tree, and they say green, boom, got it. They get words like oven, and they say mom's best friend growing up in the house, boom, oven, got it. The worst one was refrigerator, where they said, what the word we used this morning, they got it, first guess. It was not, it was the most unfair type of situation I've ever found myself in. The thing is that they had something I did not have at that moment. They had intimacy, they had relationship, they had stories that gave reason to the actions that were coming about. Now, I have a little bit of a chance now, right? Because I've had like 12 years and still they dominate, but I got a little bit of a chance. But they knew how, what words to say and the way that they were acting was because they knew the reason behind those words. It wasn't a trick. It wasn't that they decided that this, there was this unexpected guy that just walked in the door and said, we're going to stack the cards. They knew each other, and they knew the reason behind the words. No explanation was needed because they already understood the situation at hand. Here in this passage, Paul is in the middle of explaining salvation to Israel and the Gentiles. To both. He's describing how his desire is for the Israelite brothers and sisters to understand the fullness of the gospel found in Christ. He's also about to describe how this fullness is not just for them, but also for all who would believe. It's the salvation for all found in the works of Jesus. In the middle of that, he asks, well, how are they going to hear It's not going to be enough for actions alone, but for audible sounds to be heard from people's voices. It has to be explained so that people might know about the great hope and the joy and the peace 
and the love that is coming and showing itself in the actions. They have to know why. It has to be told by the works of Emmanuel, God with us, who we just celebrated, came in the form of a baby. In this, he goes so far as to quote Isaiah when he was prophesying about Jesus, and he says in Isaiah 52, 7, how beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of those who proclaim the good news. These audible words that we use to explain our actions are to proclaim good news. To explain the actions of God's people. A couple of weeks ago, you may remember, and I thought it was telling for this passage, but Ricky described a golfer. And he described a golfer who had hit the ball. And, you know, when you hit the ball, you're supposed to get on the fairway. That's about all I know about golf. But he hit it out of bounds. And instead of cursing at it and breaking the club over his knee like, you know, I would, he calmly took another ball, set it on the tee, hit it, and hit it on the fairway, continued on, and continued on with his round. And his partner was confused because that basically gave him a losing score. And that's not good, especially when you're doing it professionally. And so he asked him, he said, what in the world caused you to just move on as if nothing happened? How were you able to do that? Do you remember what Ricky said this golfer's response was? Did this golfer just go, hey, I think my actions show my reasoning? Figure it out. No, he went on to describe and to explain the peace that he was able to move on with because of what God had done in him and for him. He was able to describe and proclaim this good news, and in that, this partner now knows of the hope and the peace and the love and the joy that move him into action in the same, same way today. What Paul is pointing, he's not saying that actions don't matter because they do. What Paul is pointing to here is that others will not understand our actions unless we proclaim that they are because of the good news. Um, a guy named St. Francis of a really funny town, Assisi, is often misquoted to say, preach the gospel often, use words if necessary. That's not actually what his writings or his life portray at all. As a matter of fact, all of his writings and all of his life portray that actions are important. But our words should be backed up by our actions. The words that we say should give proof to the actions that people see. People will never know the reasoning behind our actions unless we tell them. I mean, I would never understand how Bethany's family had done that in Taboo 
unless they told me, hey, here's the stories behind it. I still don't know how they got refrigerator. We must use our words with others to describe what is happening inside of us that's spilling over in how thing and how we handle things differently from others. It is only in this way that we can truly proclaim the good news of the gospel. This good news is not just about our actions and our behaviors and getting better results and better resolutions by our own efforts. Because that's what it might seem to some people that this person is just a really good person. They do a lot of things, they give a lot of things away, they give a lot of their time away, they show that they care for me, they just must be a good person. But it's not about our works at all. Instead, this good news should only tell of his works. Remember what I said at the very beginning that we were going to put aside all our resolutions, we're going to put aside our own efforts, we're going to put aside our striving and our desire to make things and mainly others better. It's because those audible sounds that proclaim the good news should only ever always tell of his works. He alone is the one that can satisfy. He alone is the one that can give that lasting hope, that fulfilling peace, that unconditional love, that overwhelming joy. He alone is the one that can give faith from hearing. It says in verse 17, so faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. The ability for our words to explain our actions, to describe this good news, all culminates when he moves in someone and they have faith. When he moves in someone and has faith, it's not that we tell them, hey, get on this right diet, get these good eating habits, read your Bible every day, pray more, do all these different things. That is all good things. It's not what gets them justified in the eyes of God. Paul says earlier in Romans that if we were to do that, we all fall short of the glory of God. We've been given so many blessings that we did not earn. And we need to tell people in a way that they can hear it. So many blessings that we did not earn. I read a beautiful poem that somebody wrote. I want you to hear it because I think it says more than I could. This person writes and they say, So many blessings, so many graces, so many gifts so much love, there is no rational explanation. There's no human reason. There's no scientific formula, no evolutionary theory, no political figure, no cultural privilege, 
no chance, no fate, nothing earned, nothing achieved. Nothing deserved, no right, and no entitlement. No wonderful family inheritance, no rite of passage. No reward for work done, no prize for achievement. No deserved recognition. No, there is only a miracle operating. There's amazing favor. There's unprecedented mercy. There's boundless love. There's only one explanation. There is only one rationale. Blood was shed outside the city walls. A perfect man with a criminal element nailed to a torture tree. Hung there by those he made. He gave no words of defense. He gave no action of resistance. Instead, he was a favored son, now willing sufferer. Carrying the sins of the multitudes, mocked by onlookers, forsaken by the Father. Willing lamb, acceptable sacrifice, planned from eternity and accomplished in time. So that I, so that you, and so that others would know so many blessings, so many graces, so many gifts so much love. How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? How are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring the good news. So faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. by all means, make New Year's resolutions, right? It, it is a reminder that we are finite beings in need of something better. When you succeed, remember that it is by God's words and his works that you are able to do that. And when you fail on January 6th, remember it is by God's works and by God's words that you are justified and beautiful in his sight. Use audible words. Proclaim the good news that you have found in him by telling of his works and his works alone. Do it in a way that can be heard so that you can remind yourself daily and you can remind others daily. That it's only in him that you find that perfect peace. It is only in him that you find that everlasting joy, that unconditional love and that fulfilling hope. For these things are not found in our greatest efforts or works, but in the effort and work that he was willingly, he was willing to partake in so that faith could come from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ for you, for me, and for those who rub shoulders with every day. It is by him and him alone that that is true. Use that when you have those conversations with people, when they ask, why did you not freak out when this happened? 
Or why, even when you're freaking out, can you have joy and peace and comfort? It's because of what he did, and only because of what he did. And pray with me. Father, it is a comfort to know that we make New Year's resolutions because we long for something better. It's a comfort to know that the longing we have for something better gives us great hope that you have taken care of what we are unable to earn ourselves. In the midst of hardships and trials, and days and months and years and seasons seeming like they're beating us down. Will we still be able to share about the hope and peace and love and joy that we find only in and through and by you? For it is by your word that people hear and have faith. Would you use us to share that with them each day? We praise your name. Amen.